Good day everyone, you're listening to Time for Your Hobby, and this is episode 174. This adventure has some ups and downs. I'm your host Alex, and today I have the honor to have Frankie as my guest on the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, Alex. How are you? I am doing great. It's kind of surreal. We were talking about it before, but today, September 8th, is my three-year anniversary, and I'm glad to have Frankie on as a guest because he's been here as a great supporter for a very long time. So uh, yeah, it's kind of like just bringing everything together just everything today. So I apologize ahead of schedule if I am a little lost on how I do things because it's been a year since I've done an interview. So for you guys, it's just it's just a week. You'll be like, what are you talking about? You just had an interview last week, but it's been a year for me. So yeah, I'm going to get back into it. But today it's not about me trying to learn how to be a normal human. It's about Frankie and his hobby. But before we jump into the topic of hiking, I'm sure the listeners would love to know who is Frankie. Oh, that's a, that's a tricky question. That was the first one I read on your list and it, it uh, hung me up a little bit. Um, <laughs> so my name's Frank, Frankie, whatever you want to call me. Um, there's not really a lot to it. Uh, a couple of years ago, I, I, one of the biggest things about me that I'll say in this podcast, and I know this isn't my hobby, but it's kind of a big thing that brought me here is a couple of years ago, I gave up drinking and it kind of restarted my entire life at the age of 30. So that's kind of one of the biggest things that got me here um, talking to you now. So I, I'll say about me, that's that's kind of the biggest. Uh, that's the thing. Hey, congratulations, man. That's a great thing. And then you, I'm sure you picked up hiking as long around the same time. Yeah, around the same time. That That is a great way to just relieve your stress. But I'm sure you're going to tell me all about that. I'm, this is not my hobby. Well, it's oh, kind yeah. of a hobby, but it's your <laughs> hobby. You're going to get into details about that. And uh, I do have a lot of questions. But before we move forward, do you have any social media links, websites, projects, or anything at all that you, that you would love to share with the listeners? Uh, just Instagram. It's just my personal Instagram. I use it kind of like a uh, kind of like a virtual scrapbook. It's more for myself, but a lot of people have added me and that's how it kind of collected new friends over the years. So uh, it's Frankie V3, Frankie with an IE underscore V with the number three. I accept everybody. He accepted me. So you are good to go. If you, <laughs> if you accept me, everybody's accepted. <laughs> but yes, uh, I'll put that down below so people can go check that out and show you some love. And now we're here for the main event, which is hiking. So for you, I'm pretty sure everybody knows what hiking is. If you don't, it's using your two feet to go on adventures. But for you, how did you actually get introduced to hiking? Well, so hiking's always kind of been in the environment. Uh, I'm up here in New England, New Hampshire in the United States. Uh, we have one of the most beautiful areas I've ever seen anyway. I've, I'm a little biased, I'm sure. But uh, just about two hours north of me is the White Mountain National Forest. We have a collection of hills up there that are beautiful to adventure. Uh, so they've always been up there, but for my entire life, I didn't really know about them. And then about six years ago, my brother uh, took me up one of them, but it was around the time that I wasn't really paying attention to the world around me. So I didn't really understand or appreciate what was going on. And then, like I said earlier, uh, I, life changes. And um, so I gave up drinking. I started my life over. And one afternoon, I said, I'm going to try hiking, walk outside. And, and that really just filled a big void of time in my life. So it was uh, perfect for that. So wait, that first time you went hiking, did you like set out a path where you wanted to go or you just started walking and 45 hours later, like, you know what? I'm pretty <laughs> far away from home. 
Uh, the first time I, I went up by myself, I actually, Instagram, like I said, is a big, uh, big thing for me. I, I went on, I started seeing people's beautiful pictures and I said, no, no I, I can do that. I can figure it out. The first one I set out to do, it's a, a lovely hike, uh, Willard, uh, very popular, especially in the fall. It takes you up to this big valley. I, uh, I went up there and I couldn't find it. Uh, I ended up on a different trailhead, uh, which was Mount Jackson. I hiked it all day long, all day long. Uh, it wasn't until I got home until I realized that that mountain was actually over 4,000 feet and <laughs> it was part of the big long list, the 48 um, over 4,000 feet in New Hampshire, uh, the list that I've been working on and just finished recently. Uh, it took about two years to finish. So I went up there with a different idea and I came home with a, a bigger goal, which was a little incredible. I stumbled upon it. Man, I feel like for those kind of adventures, I'm sure you planned this beforehand. It's not one of those like, all right, I'm going out. And then you just walk out this huge, huge mountain. Just, oh, okay, casually. Did you bring food with you at least? <laughs> <laughs> the first time was actually, it's a little embarrassing. I went up there with a school backpack and my running sneakers and uh, not a whole lot of preparation went into that, which is probably why it went poorly. Um, now, uh, preparation is absolutely one of the biggest things that any hiker can do. It's it's where you start and it, it's what gets you to the finish, really. So I've learned a lot along the way from um, my first my first day was a, a little bit of a trip. Now, with that in mind, this might be a little tricky, but if you knew what you know now, what would you do differently? Like, what, what did you wish you knew back then that you know now? It's a weird way of for forming that sentence. <laughs> um, I think one of the biggest things that I've kind of developed in my own head, and and I know uh, other hikers might listen to this and and have their own opinions. Everybody's different. It's one of those type of hobbies. You get something different out of it, no matter what. I realized along the way that I needed to slow down. And back then I, I got up mountains as fast as I possibly could. I, I all but ran up them. Basically. Uh, I also had a new physical ability now that I was kind of getting healthier. So, but I was rushing, I was, I was doing so much. Um, and then I got home with all these pictures and said, I don't remember any of this. And I realized that I was really just fast forwarding the mountain. I was, I was going as fast as I could. And that, that's a ridiculous thing to do when you're doing something so beautiful. And it's not like I'm setting any records. There are, are crazies that have done this far faster than I ever could. So there's no point in, in that. So, uh, Two years later now, I, I basically, I, I go for a stroll more than an actual aggressive hike most of the time. So speaking about the strolls themselves, do you, so at first you were just running through as if it was a 100 meter sprint marathon com combination of both, but now do you really take the time to smell the roses? What else do you tend to do on these hikes? Do you like? Oh yeah, absolutely. There's so much to see out there. It's incredible. Um, when you go too fast, you miss all of it, obviously. Uh, I was actually taught a, a friend of mine, she's an indigenous woman, she taught me kind of a, a it, I don't know, it's not a, it's a practice, I, I guess, kind of like a meditation type thing. Um, at the beginning of the trail, she said, kind of look around for, for a small rock or a stick or a leaf or something, uh, pick it up and kind of put an intention into that. And that's going to be what you carry for uh, the rest of the day. And then, you know, when you get up to the top, you can either, you know, complete that thought or you can let it go or you can, you know, any type of thing. And that really kind of 
made me put my mind into the hike instead of just going with a blank head and just waltzing through and saying, well, that was fun. I accomplished something. Now that kind of really zeroed me in on like, you know, you, you're looking around at the path now. You're looking around at the forest around you. You're not just looking at the top and then saying, you know, that's it and going home. And just to go back to one of the questions that was actually from Sophia, our mutual friends, which Frankie <laughs> met through the podcast on episode, well, not on episode, but she was my guest on episode 86 about meditation. So, uh, yeah, there's that connection of time for your hobby connects people together. But anyways, back to you, Frankie. Uh, so this item you bring up, do you usually, let's say, leave it at the top or bring it back to the bottom or you bring it home for memory? It actually, it really depends. Uh, something different has happened every time. Um, I've taken, you know, small stones or rocks up and, and a lot of the tops of these mountains have piles of rocks to, to kind of mark the, the summit and maybe I'll, I'll leave it there, add to the pile. Um, sometimes if it's, you know, pretty enough, I'll take it home, put it on a shelf, display it and remember, you know, that's the time that I did Osceola or that's the time that, you know, I did one of these mountains and, and memories are kind of attached to that. Be a little bit embarrassed to admit I, I've lost a lot of them. Actually, uh, they've fallen <laughs> out of pockets. Or, you know, when you you pick the wrong leaf, you get up to the top and it's just crumbled into bits and it blows away in the wind. That also is significant, but you know, not always ideal. But yeah, so some make it home, some stay to the top. You know, some ceremoniously put in in places I find beautiful. Um, you try not to disturb the landscape so much that it makes a big difference. But, you know, it's it's in your mind that you can kind of hold on to that memory. And speaking about things you bring along with you, what else do you tend to bring on your hiking adventures? That's always the trick of it is uh, preparing. Like I said, biggest part of it. You start with your backpack and you work outward, shove everything inside. Um, I like to kind of hold each thing and say, you know, am I going to need this? Is this going to be you know, serve me today. Like we use, um, spikes for our shoes in the winter time for ice and everything. I can hold those in my hand and say, do I need this? No, it's July. Like, no, we don't need that. <laughs> Put it off to the side, you know, map that's, you hold that and say, am I going to need this? Always. Definitely. I no matter what things like that. So map compass, uh, are the big things. Um, then rain jacket, you look at forecasts as much as you can, but the, the weather in new England, you know, at the drop of a dime can change. So, you know, rain, you get used to kind of what, what's going to come, but you can never predict it enough. So you kind of just, you prepare as much as possible and, you know, whatever happens, happens. Would you also bring along a GPS? <laughs> I'll say a lot of the smart hikers and the, the <laughs> ones that can afford things like that. Um, they, they're, Garmin makes a, a beautiful uh, tracking device you can put. It tracks you. Um, somebody back home can actually watch your movement if you ever go missing. They know exactly where you are. I use my cell phone a lot. It's not ideal, obviously. Uh, there's not a lot of service up there, but I have maps downloaded on there so you can kind of tell where you are. And, and you know, if I ever go missing, people know where I am. But the nice thing about these mountains is there's such a huge hiking community and there's always people around. So unless you're going up in the dead of winter at midnight by yourself, like it, there's people no matter where you are. That's good. It's reassuring that if anything were to happen, at least there's somebody nearby to help you out. And if you want some time for yourself, I'm sure you can find a little path to find some time for yourself. And uh, you were talking about the winter aspect. So I have to ask you, what is your preferred terrain to go hiking on? Uh, it's funny when I started 
hiking. Uh, it was summertime. It was beautiful. The fall is amazing. Foliage is is un unreal. It's unlike anywhere else that I've seen. So I always looked at people like you hike in the the winter. You're you're crazy. That's I would never do that. I went a couple of times and I fell in love with it. It's a whole new world. It's incredible. Um, the crazy thing about New England, our hiking, we've had people all over the world uh, come hike up here and they say it, it's one of the most uh, grueling hiking terrains that you can have. We're just, it's all rocks. It's all, it's garbage ground. It's so hard to walk on, uh, but you get used to it. We live here. So, but the thing about winter is that snow packs up 10 feet over the, over the trail and it packs down over time, everybody that walks through it with snowshoes. So you're, you're walking over all that and it becomes so much easier if you plan for it. And it's so muffled, quiet, beautiful, bright. Uh, it's, it's a whole new experience. So, you know, I, other than the beautiful foliage of fall, winter is, is such a beautiful time to go hiking. And speaking about time again, you're doing these perfect segues for me. What time of day do you <laughs> prefer to go? I actually, and again, one of those things that everybody's different, but the the people that kind of take hiking a little bit more serious like to get up there as early as possible. You're you're getting there before the crowds that don't know what they're doing, before all the the people that go with their <laughs> their school bags and and running sneakers <laughs> like I did my first day. You you want to beat all those people there. I've gone up there. I I just went this past weekend and I met a friend in the trailhead parking lot we were two of four vehicles and when we came out there there must have been over 50 lined up down the road it was incredible so we like to get there a little early between seven eight nine o'clock is probably the latest i would ever start um some people like to get up there 4 30 in the morning 5 30 sunrise hikes are popular get up there sleep overnight in the parking lot maybe or on the trail and and get up there as early as possible and you mentioned your friend. Do you guys prefer to go hiking together or not just your, you and your friend, but do you prefer to go hiking with company or more by yourself so you can reflect on your own thoughts and bring along that item all the way to the top and back to the bottom? Uh, over my past two years of hiking, I've definitely picked up the pros and cons of hiking alone and hiking with other people. Um, it's funny that starting out, I didn't know what the heck I was doing. Uh, I was on Instagram I was creeping on other people's photos and and kind of stealing their ideas for hikes. It wasn't until a couple months into it, I did a whole bunch of hikes by myself. I fell in love with solo hiking. Um, a lot of people called me kind of stupid for doing it. All people that don't hike, obviously, uh, the people come to find out it's a very popular thing. Mm -hmm. um, and you're never alone. Like I said, people just assume you say solo hiking, you're out there in the wilderness by yourself. Like you're, you're, you're never going to see another human being. We, we pass 30 people a day. It doesn't, you're never alone. Um, but through Instagram, I ended up meeting a whole bunch of new people in my life. I, my whole friends net just, just cast out there and brought in a whole bunch of new faces for me and a lot of wonderful people started showing up um this person that i went hiking with this past week and i had never met before she uh, messaged me on instagram and said hey are you free do you want to do a hike and i yeah of course so i'll go with anybody um it's it's really it's an experience for meeting new people as well as bonding with the people you already know so i honestly couldn't tell you solo or with other people what i like better they're both just a wonderful experience. The only downside of walking with company is if you have an argument 
with that person either at the beginning of the hike or midway through the hike? Do you, what do you do? Do you like uh, let that person walk ahead of you a little bit and then you just mope or <laughs> just, or you wait until you get back down into the vehicle and then talk it out? <laughs> it's funny you, you bring that up. I personally, and, and this is gonna, it's gonna sound cocky, but like I'm a good hiking partner. You know, I, I, I adjust my um, my pace to whoever I'm with. I I talk just as much as they want to talk, and I, I adjust my myself to other people. I've never had. And I just say that kind of all ironically. I'm not that cocky, but I've never had a bad experience. I've never gone with anybody I, I really disliked. But I have heard horror stories of people. Um, I've had friends of mine, uh, um, girls that have brought first dates out hiking, and I you know, you got to shake your head and say, you realize if that goes poorly, you're out there for several <laughs> hours in the forest alone with this person. And it's happened. And I, I feel so bad uh, because, you know, you don't get along with everybody. So I asked them the same thing. What do you do? And it just, it gets awkwardly quiet and you kind of put your headphones on and you say, you know, let's, let's just, you know, let's walk a couple paces uh, away from each other. Yeah. <laughs> But you say like it's happened multiple times to like one person, like the first date was always through hiking. No, no, multiple <laughs> oh, okay. people have done oh. it. No, no, it wasn't. <laughs> I haven't heard that from the oh. same person. Oh. You just, yeah, multiple mistakes. Now, I think that's one of those situations you do it once you learn and you say, um, mm -hmm. I'm probably let's, you know, go out for an appetizer before we go uh, commit to a, <laughs> an all day long hike. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's a third, fourth, fifth date kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe a, a stroll on, no, no, the sidewalk. Maybe start with that. Walking <laughs> towards yeah, yeah, the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> that's what parks and picnics are for. <laughs> exactly. Do you actually, uh, when you do go for your hikes on that note, do you go for picnics once you reach the top or it's one of those things you like, you reach the top, take a breather, enjoy the moment and then go back down. Oh, those, that's one of the things actually I, I learned along the way and kind of talked myself into, um, you always bring food no matter what, because you always assume, I, I always in my mind say, you know, what if I, there's that movie, uh, I was horrifying the guy that got his arm stuck under a rock. He was hiking it, running in the desert. And you never know if you're going to trip up and, you know, now you live here for a day. Like you always bring food, water and everything. Um, I used to get to the top, take a couple pictures, have my snack. And, and I was on my way. And I, I realized, you know, you're kind of wasting the trip that this is what you come up here for. Um, so now I definitely force myself to sit down. You know, I'll even, you know, I take my shoes off my shirt off and say, you know, now I can't go anywhere. So it kind of forced yourself to slow down and say, you did all of this work for the top of this mountain, you know, give it the respect it deserves and hang out for a little bit. And yeah, definitely people picnic. You don't bring up too much stuff. Obviously weight is everything when you're hiking, but you know, food and you get to the top of these mountains, there's groups of people everywhere, just, you know, enjoying the same thing you are. So, so I think the movie you were talking to, uh, talking about was 127 hours with James Franco, yes, that's right? the one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the one I, I always think is going to happen to me. <laughs> I, I can assure you it won't happen. If it does just yell, I'll be there in a second. Uh, but I was just <laughs> picturing for a moment when you said you take off your shirt and shoes. I'm, I don't know why my mind went here. It's just like, you take it off and you just chuck it off. I'm like, okay. <laughs> just casually just throw it like, I don't need this anymore. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i'm sure that's not what happens but uh, you no, also mentioned no, not you, ideal <laughs> you also mentioned you take photos so what is the most interesting thing you saw while hiking uh interesting um yeah so i, I really love I, I, taking photos is i mean that's a lot big reason why we do is you know hold on to the memories um 
explaining to people what you see is never enough and you like to take them home and bring them to people that aren't hiking so they they don't know what they're missing and then they see them it actually kind of starts people saying you know maybe i should be trying this so really love taking pictures while i'm up there um I actually, in my years or, or so, I, I haven't seen any large animals yet. A lot of people see the bears and, and moose and all those. Things. I haven't had the I haven't had the opportunity to see any of that yet. I would say one of the most interesting, or at least the most beautiful things I've ever seen. I've, I've gone up, I've done overnight hikes, slept up in the woods. I've had the opportunity to watch the sun set over the mountains and the the, the sun rise over the mountains in the morning, and it is. It is absolutely the most breathtaking thing I've ever seen. I could watch that all day long, even though it doesn't last all day long. But I love, love doing that. So I would say sun up, sun down is, is hands down one of the best things that I've ever seen up there. You hear me out. This might sound crazy and break the laws of physics for mm -hmm. humans. But theoretically, <laughs> you could see sunset and sunrise all day long or at all times if you move fast enough to catch it <laughs> at the right time if you go at the same speed as the rotation of the earth then or the rotation of the earth around the sun then boom you got endless sunset and sunrise perfect you need like a hot air balloon or something like that there you go even better a little harder to hike with but yes yeah. so uh for you what would you say is the best part about hiking on a personal and an emotional level uh personal and emotional so back when i quit drinking and, and started my life rebuild. I was also diagnosed with depression and um, mild anxiety, all those mental goodies that we're given as humans. And I realized uh, a lot of people realize this, uh, just walking clears your head. Um, it's really just a beautiful opportunity to, you know, put your head down or put your head up no matter how you kind of do it. Um, you get out there and uh, solo you can kind of work through a lot of personal things that you've been juggling around all week if you go out on the weekend and, and kind of work through it yourself. Uh, if you go out with a group, that gives you a nice opportunity to kind of escape from all that. Uh, there, there's really different opportunities you can take with this that really help you work through. And a lot of people I've talked to say, you know, it's our form of therapy. It's, it's our form of to, it's our time to work through things. So really just a perfect quiet slow opportunity to work a lot of that out while actually physically working it out too because you you know you're exerting a lot of effort to get up these mountains and and mentally it's tough and physically it's tough but by the end of it you you feel you accomplish something the physical aspect of it but you also feel like oh all right i learned a little bit about myself today i i worked through a lot of things that i didn't know i had to work through you know i, I cried half the time you you never know what's going to come to you while you're out there but you, it all comes in time and and it's a really nice way to get through it yeah we have two feet why not use them use them to adventure around the world while preserving it keeping the world safe clean for everybody every creature and i don't know if you've ever considered this but i've interview, interviewed a guy about geocaching now uh, i don't know if you're familiar with what that is but if you are not it's basically where it's a scavenger hunt where people hide things and you give out clues yes, with yep. a uh, oh so you're familiar okay i will stop explaining yes yep. actually i was yep. explaining for my listeners for those who didn't know yeah <laughs> that's, I, that's why i was gonna let you go yeah. that's why i was gonna let you go <laughs> frank you already knew yeah yeah yeah. i wasn't being yeah, an idiot yeah. but yeah so have you ever considered doing geocaching i i actually downloaded the app uh years ago and couldn't find one uh got mm. frustrated and actually forgot all about it <laughs> 
It was funny. I was actually on a first date a couple weeks ago and we, ironically, I just told you not to do this, but we went hiking. <laughs> no. it, uh, at the time it went well. So Good. we got to the top uh, and we looked over in the woods and there was this box sitting kind of like a, I, I think they're called ammo cases. They're like a lock box, weather box. And she said, what's that? And I it kind of like clicked in my head, like, okay, that's either like some like nefarious thing we shouldn't be touching or it's uh, something you're supposed to be finding up here. So I opened it, obviously, curiosity got the best of me and it, it was a geocache. So you get to write your name down, there's little prizes in there, you take pictures of, it's a whole community of people that do it online. Uh, a lot of them, they kind of range in, in difficulty. Some are very easy, but some you, you need a kayak to go to. They're on islands. You go through caves. They, they really get aggressive. Uh, I don't know if there are any up in the White Mountains that I where, where I usually hike. I've never actually looked it up, but I'm sure there are. You could be the first one to start your own. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that's, that's a project for another day. Today, we focus on the hiking aspect of your hobby. Not the geocaching. That could be for when you come back on the podcast, if you ever do pick that up as a hobby. So for you, speaking about hiking itself, what was your biggest challenge when you first started hiking? Uh, biggest challenge was the learning and preparing and humbling myself to realize that I didn't know what I was doing. You are, you, you make the assumption, you know, hiking is it's, you're walking through the woods, maybe a little uphill. That's easy. It really throws you a lot of curveballs, um, really having to learn as you go. And it, it's a humbling experience, 100%. Uh, it's, you kind of have to check your ego a little bit and you realize you know, that you don't know everything. This is terrain you've never dealt with before. This is, these are places you've never been, things you've never seen. You can encounter animals that you've, you've never knew lived out there. That happened to me. I saw I saw a chicken one time. Well, I, I was told that it was a grouse. I, I'd come to find out. So you, you have no idea what you're going to encounter out there. So really, it's all a surprise. And it, it's the preparing that I had to really wrap my head around at the beginning and, and really get used to just being surprised and being ready for whatever can happen. I'm sorry, you saw a chicken at the top of a mountain? Oh. <laughs> yeah, so I I turned the corner and uh, there was a chicken sitting there. I took a picture of it. I thought it was a re it was a relatively long hike, and I was alone. Um, my first thought was, "Am I hallucinating a chicken?" <laughs> I I thought it I thought, I thought it was. I had passed um, a pair of uh, girls three times throughout the day, so we kind of knew each other in passing. And the fourth time I saw them, I stopped and I was like, "Hey." <laughs> I was just going to ask you a weird question. Do you guys see a chicken? And they they said no. And I was like, oh, great. I'm seeing things. Um, and then one of the girls who I'm actually now friends with on Instagram, we, this is how you meet people now, I guess. And she told me that um, mountain grouse, I think they're called, that it, it looks kind of like a black spotted chicken. They move about the same, but they, they also fly better than chick. I don't know. There's a whole big thing to them, but it was very surprising to see. <laughs> You know what? That's one of the most interesting things you saw. Uh, from my opinion, that's pretty cool. I would not expect to see <laughs> what I would consider the chicken as well in the middle of a mountain. Like, oh, yeah, casually just see a chicken. This yep. is this is completely <laughs> normal. <laughs> and for you, what is your latest challenge these days? My latest challenge, uh, finding kind of the next spark. Um, so like I said, there's the the list, the 48, 4,000 footers in New Hampshire to a lot of people do it um, 
it's a it's a big goal to set for yourself because these mountains are grueling. So I've heard um, some people take upwards of like eight years to finish it, lifetime. They they work on it little by little. Um, some crazies that live up there can finish it in a month. There's different records in between. People have said it. It's really impressive, but the list is it's really high up there on on people's to do list. And now that I'm done. I'm kind of looking around like I'm still going to hike. I absolutely love it. But, you know, what, what's next? What, what do I want to do? So like this weekend coming up, I'm doing the Pemi Loop, which is um, it's around 30 miles or, or 49 kilometers, as you guys would say, up up north. And it's to be done. Some people do it in three days. Uh, people have done it in one. So I'm going to do it over the course of two days. Um, big stretch, a lot, lot of peaks in between. So finding kind of the little goals to keep myself going up there and, and keeping myself engaged in the whole thing. Because when I take a couple of weeks off, you know, I really feel it mentally and physically like, okay, what's next? I got to get up there. <laughs> so that kind of answers my following question, which was actually submitted by Sophia as well. <laughs> Sophia, <laughs> she you took a lot Sophia, of work for this. <laughs> yeah, she, she knows the answers that you were going to give right before asking the question. But the question was, what is your next hiking goal? <laughs> so let me, oh, let me try to rephrase well, this for a second. So I'm going to do a little backstory. My grandmother actually did the 8,000 kilometer walk for the Camino de Santiago in Europe. Would that be a hiking achievement, not achievement, a hiking goal you would like to do or any other worldwide hiking marathon or adventure? Uh, yeah. So, um, my world, like I said earlier in the podcast was relatively small. Uh, I was New Hampshire, small town person. A lot of my world was here. Uh, now that the world is opening up in my own mind and I can, realize, you know, I can leave the area. Um, now that hiking is kind of stuck in my head of like, you know, I can adventure anywhere. Um, I have friends that live in Colorado, uh, that have been asking me to come out hiking out there. It's, it's supposed to be spectacular. Um, uh, my brother's partner is from Hawaii. He's been talking about doing hikes out in Hawaii. I would love to do that. Um, New Zealand to do, you know, the real nerdy Lord of the Rings thing, or, or there's spots out in Ireland that look incredible. I always figured like, I'm, I'm not a city traveler that really doesn't, I, I doesn't really interest me to kind of, you know, travel to all these city places and just see more of the same, but just see countryside and hike it, all these beautiful mountains that have in historical places that that's, that's all stuff on the list. Definitely. This is why we're friends. I would love to do the exact <laughs> same thing. It uh, it also reminds me of uh, this time when I was in Korea with my wife. She brought me, we'd go hiking a lot. We went into a city called Pusan and there's this like trail along a mountain on the side of the ocean. So the whole time you're walking on the side of the ocean. And then this other time we went walking, I think it was in Seoul or just outside of Seoul. There is a mountain and there's a Buddhist temple uh, near the top of Ooh. it. And as we're walking, mm -hmm. we see it and then it was just so beautiful. It's just like hidden. And yeah, like it was fun going up. But one of the biggest challenges for us, at least with our running shoes, which is a no-no when it mm. comes to hiking because it's not the best, was yep. coming yep. down the mountain. Oh, the pain <laughs> in the legs. Yes, I'm sure yes. you know that pain, right? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. That's awesome. That That's the kind of stuff I want to learn. I need that information of all these new places to, to travel to. So I'll, I'll add that to the list. Thank you. <laughs> Well, for people who are listening to this podcast who are hiking enthusiasts and would like to give Frankie some tips or places he should go hike, by all means, send me a DM or even send Frankie some messages through Instagram. And I'm sure he would yeah, love absolutely. to get them. 
absolutely. Uh, invite me and I'll come. <laughs> there you go. Now, hiking is all fun and games, but sometimes it can be a little stressful. So what would you say is the most stressful part about hiking? Ooh, stressful. So I, over time, I've mentioned it many a time now, preparation and everything. Uh, I've gone out morning of, it would be 25 degrees, which is negative four Celsius for you guys. I relatively chilly morning, um, got out there and I didn't do my proper homework and, and didn't know that the particular hike that I had chosen miles into it, uh, there's a river crossing towards the end of winter. So there I was, uh, <laughs> freezing. I, I took my shoes off, took my socks off, rolled up my shoes, said, I'm just going to cross it. I uh, got to the other side and my legs had turned purple, Ooh. like bright purple. Um, I sat down, sat there with hand warmers, towels rubbing off and just waiting for feeling to come back to my legs and realized, you know, that was, that was <laughs> the best move I could have done. Uh, so there are always moments like that where you realize like, okay, that I, I didn't do something correct here. Um, and now I, I might pay for this. Um, I, I've, I've actually texted Sophia a couple of times. Uh, I, I, I have top three scariest moments of my hiking life have happened. And there have been times I've been up there where I legitimately looked at myself and said, you know, I, I might not go home today. I'm this, <laughs> this might be it. So, um, stressful, I, it really comes with the territory. If you're not, you know, in it mentally or you're not prepared for it, the, the stressful moments can come. I mean, you're always going to have beautiful hikes where nothing ever happens, just a blue sky birds chirping day. But, there are times where, you know, there, your life flashes before your eyes and you're like, oh, well, you know, this, this could be it. And, you know, I could die doing what I love. So if you don't mind me asking, you're more than welcome to refuse to answer this question. I can always cut it out as well. What are those <laughs> top three scary moments that you had encountered? Uh, top three. Uh, so one of them, a lot of them deal with my own ignorance and stupidity and getting myself into situations I shouldn't have been in, um, going up trails that had big orange signs that said closed and I didn't realize it. Um, I've gone up, I was actually going up Washington, which is our tallest mountain. Um, it's kind of the, the big George it, it's over 6,000 feet of it's one of the most dangerous mountains in the world. They say, uh, just clocked I, I think the record was broken but it held the record for the, the the fastest miles per hour winds in the world at one point um the weather changes instantly it's incredible so i went up uh actually a few months ago at the beginning of the summer thinking you know things would be fine uh i went up tuckerman ravine which is a, a beautiful place uh normally and i didn't realize that the snow hadn't fully melted but it had created kind of this uh, hover snow above the ground. So if you fell through it, you would end up underground essentially under all the snow. I ended up kind of shimmying across this mud wall, um, holding on for dear life, doing the slide thing. I've, I've done that action movie thing where somebody slides for a little while and you don't know if it's going to end. And you think like, you know, I could just slide right off. You have no idea that's happened to me. Um, those type of moments where you're kind of really just hanging on, you realize like what your body can actually do in a panic situation. That's, that's where I've been a couple of times. And I can imagine it taught you some things. So the next time you went hiking, you said, okay, I should avoid these kind of things. Maybe I shouldn't go 
was trekking through water, got minus four Celsius <laughs> and other things like that. So with that in mind, what has hiking taught you in life? It's, that's a, it's a nice question, actually, Alex. Um, translating hiking into life really just taught me, like I said earlier, to slow down and not move so quickly or, or make split decisions so fast or, or assumptions about things or people. I really need to take a step backward and say, where am I going right now? You know, it's the trail only goes in one direction, up or down, but you know, life is, is a whole bunch of different options and directions. But hiking really makes you stop, slow down and, and kind of look around. So I've tried to carry that over and say, you know, what what can I do in this moment to kind of slow down and say, you know, that let's take this a little differently than we otherwise would have back in the day where I'm just kind of making decisions at the drop of a hat just to see what would happen. Impulse, really, impulse control. And I can also imagine, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but when you're going up and down, sometimes there's different ways to go up. So you can be like, oh, that looks like easier, but it may look easier, but it might be more challenging, more dangerous. Just because it looks more clear, more open, it could be that patch of snow and underneath is all hollow, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's that's kind of the fun of it too. When you look at a map and you hear about these trails, like, all right, this this kind of goes this way, this goes this way. And you kind of know through hearsay and what you read, what you'll encounter, but you don't know until you get there. Um, like that, for instance, when I went this past weekend with uh, that new friend that I had met, she had brought her dog and we went down a section of trail that had a, a spot known as the chimney, which I've never done before, um, but I had heard about. And we ended up having to pass the dog down because the chimney is literally what it sounds like. It is a thin, straight up structure that you have to climb up and down. And we, the dog physically could not do that. So going down, we had to carry it and going up, I actually caught her as she almost fell. Um, there was a whole big ordeal. And then it wasn't until after we had a guy say, well, there's a bypass. You can just go around that. So you don't know these things all the time. So it's, it's kind of funny when you realize there are options. So in those moments, you have to look out for yourself, for your friend and for the dog as well. <laughs> it's like all yeah, eyes on yeah. everybody at the same time. And I'm sure your friend was looking at you, her dog and herself as well. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You, you learn to trust other people a lot too in these situations, which it, going solo, you really only have you to worry about going with everybody. It's like, okay, you, you look out for each other because when you're out there, it, it's dangerous for everybody. It's a group effort, really. And what would you say are some misconceptions about people who go hiking? Uh, misconceptions. I've heard that everybody that hikes, you know, tree loving hippies, all this, I uh, don't worry about the environment and all this stuff. And I've realized that hikers are not one type of person. It really is. I've, I've met all types. I've met everybody. It, it, it really brings everybody out, which is also a wonderful thing because you end up hiking with or hanging out with people you otherwise wouldn't kind of cross paths with in life, um, which is great. It, it really is all-encompassing and all-welcoming, and it's great for that. So I, I feel like people think like hiking takes one type of person, one type of crazy, one type of, you know, earth loving. I mean, everybody should be earth loving anyway, but it, it's not just the grungy hippie barefoot walkers through the woods. You know, it, it's everybody, which, which I really, I, that's something I've really come to love with hiking. It's interesting you saying that because my grandmother, when she went to go do that walk, she met somebody on that walk who had completely 
different political views than her, but they bonded mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. other things during, like throughout the walk, let's say their health or their hobby, for example. That's why I had her on my podcast. So <laughs> it's like this podcast exactly. It doesn't matter your political view per se. It's just about the individual and their hobby. That's So I completely understand. Yeah. And for you, would you want to present this hobby to the world or use it more as an escape from reality or an escape into nature? Honestly, think that everyone should give hiking a try um, just for their own personal self. It, it can it can give you a lot um, and you can kind of throw a lot at it and and empty a lot out of yourself, your head and your emotions. Your Physically, it'll help you out. I think, you know, I would present it to the world just you know, not on my mountains because uh, it's busy enough. <laughs> it was funny um, during the pandemic because hiking was one of those things everybody turned to saying, you know, I can get out of the house. I can do this. Um, the White Mountains in New Hampshire were flooded with people from all over New York, New Jersey, Rhode Island. We we had just so more people than I've ever seen. Um, at one side of the coin you want to say you know that's awesome the more people that get out and love nature see the beautiful world and want to protect it like that's that's phenomenal but at the same time a lot of people didn't know what they were doing it led to a lot of trash a lot of people getting hurt so i i would love more people to get out there and hike um i would love them more so to be prepared and knowledgeable about it before they kind of throw themselves into it without any you know real preparation now, this might sound odd. I don't know if you f- are familiar with this, but you know how Mount Everest is just so overpopulated with people who want to hike it. And mm-hmm. now there's a fine if you don't bring down, I think it's 40 pounds or I can't remember the exact amount, but you have to bring back down amount of trash because it's still polluted up there. Would that be something really? you'd be interested in? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, it's just there's so many of those uh, canisters, wasted food mm-hmm. and all like mm-hmm. garbage up there. Would that be something you'd be interested in to have for these like major hiking trails in your area where there's a lot of people? Yeah. So our, our trails are kind of well-maintained and well-protected by the locals. So a lot of us and a lot of people you'll see out there carrying an extra bag to pick up kind of all the trash. A little trickier during COVID time. Nobody really wanted to touch each other's stuff. So, But we were seeing like full outfits, pairs of pants, like people's underwear, socks, shirts, just left in the woods because people realized, oh, it's too warm and just left stuff everywhere. It was incredible. But no, I'm picking up trash. I didn't know the Mount Everest thing. But yeah, so the more people that kind of pick up stuff as they go, it, it's always the general rule of thumb, the golden rule of hiking is carry carry out what you carry in. So whatever you bring in, it's always you pick up trash you, on your way out and make sure you leave it better than you found it because, you know, they're there for us and you don't want to ruin that experience for the people behind you. Now, I know I'm bringing up a lot of past episodes, but one episode <laughs> was called about, well, it was plogging, which is basically picking up trash while jogging. So those people who were doing that might have been plogging. <laughs> Love that idea. I've, I've thought about that before, not while running because that's that's a pain. I've gone running and seen all the trash on my ro- my roads in my neighborhood and stuff. I've gone out there with a bag and walked down the road and picked up some stuff. I, I didn't know plogging was a thing. That's beautiful. I didn't get that episode of you. I listened to a handful today of your episodes actually, but that's really interesting. Uh, that's a great idea. I'll make sure to send it to you after this. And uh, yeah, yeah definitely, I just, definitely. at this point, I'm just interviewing all the hobbies. I'm going to be the yeah. dictionary <laughs> of hobbies. If you're looking for a hobby that starts with one specific letter of the alphabet, I have it. I have it. <laughs> That's why I, I got into your podcast to begin with, actually, at the beginning of everything. I was generally looking for hobbies. I was shopping around for hobbies. 
Um, I was in a mode where I was just saying yes to everything and getting all these experiences. <laughs> and I legitimately looked up a hobby podcast and there you were. And yeah, so it was really, really cool. For the people listening, Frankie has done every single hobby on this podcast. So that's 173. <laughs> I'm just collecting the hobbies. <laughs> just a, a checklist. Well, it's funny actually, because after the Sophia one, I, we, I kind of combined uh, hobbies. Um, she sent me video, uh, not video, uh, audio recordings of walking meditations that she does. So I've gotten to use those at times where kind of your head isn't there and you're kind of going crazy that the trail just keeps going on and on and on. And I've, I've played her walking meditations and they've actually saved my, my brain a couple of times from going crazy. That's awesome. I love how you combine things together. I don't know, odd segue, but for me, like let's say when I'm talking on the phone, I just, I like walking and I don't realize where I'm walking to. Are you that type of person as well? Where if you're listening to this audio tape, you're just walking and then you just lose yourself in the actual audio. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that's a common thing. People <laughs> feel better when they're, when they're moving around and stuff. I, I listen to music and podcasts while I hike all the time when I'm kind of in my own head and I need to, I need a distraction. I'll pop my headphones in and listen to a podcast on my way out. And it, it really, it puts you somewhere different than, than where you're at. Well, I have good news for you. A person I interviewed actually, so this episode is 174. Her episode was 168 or so. And her episode was also about hiking and she has a podcast about hiking. Oh, so I'm not the first one. I was beat to it. No, no, no. But the good <laughs> thing is a, that- She has a full podcast about <laughs> hiking? Yeah, yeah. And I'll send her, send you her Instagram. Her episode's not out yet, but yeah, it's all about hiking. But the beautiful thing about my podcast with two people having similar hobbies is different experiences, right? Oh, definitely. Definitely. So that's the beautiful thing. And that's what I love. So once that episode <laughs> comes out, I will send it off to you so you can listen to it. And maybe you guys can work together because I know you're working on a podcast as well. And then, uh, yeah. I'm just, I'm just the middleman at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're just introducing all types of people, which is awesome. I love it. And for you, uh, speaking about people, do you have any word of advice for anybody who might be interested in this hobby? Yeah. Like I said a hundred times now, probably just prepare Instagram, social medias. I'm not on Facebook, but I hear that they have multiple Facebook groups for hiking. I, I speak in my own experience, my area, I'm a New England hiker. I only hiked in New England because I started this right before pandemic. So I haven't been able to travel, but I'm sure other areas have the same thing. You can go online, get into the community. People are always willing to help out. Um, so really do your homework and prepare and meet some people, have some conversations before you just throw yourself into it. Because depending on where you are in the world, things can get dangerous. Um, I know hiking out west in the desert, there's poisonous things all over the place. Like I wouldn't go out there and just rush out into the desert. I would, you know, do some homework first. So definitely prepare and and get a good working knowledge before you kind of throw yourself into it. And if you have any other questions, you can always reach out to Frankie. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. And speaking about reaching out, I am so, so not smooth with these. Do you have any social <laughs> media links or websites you'd like to share? I've asked this question at the beginning, but I'm throwing it back at the end. Yeah, again, it, it's just uh, Frankie uh, underscore V3 uh, on Instagram. It's just my personal account. Um, nothing fancy, but you know, I, I answer questions. I talk to people. I, I say yes to invitations. I'm all for it. And he's a super, super friendly and welcoming. We've known each other for a few years now. And then we planned to have, the, have this podcast happen, but uh, things came along. But now we finally have it happening, which is perfect. And now to flip the tables, I've always done this at the end. So I'm a little rusty with this, but I'm going to do it again. Do you have any questions for me about hiking? 
Yeah. So like you just mentioned, uh, your, your wife and you went hiking. Um, do you have any, do you guys have any favorite places other than the one you just listed? Um, do you have any spots that you love? I, I came up to Canada and visited Ottawa, uh, not very hilly up there, but I, um, anywhere else that, that you love to hike or have hiked. So my wife and I live in Ottawa, which is in Ontario, Canada. And we sometimes like to go on the Gatineau side, which is, uh, the Gatineau Park. It's huge, huge, and there's a lot of walking doing uh, to be done there. But one of my favorite places is actually out east in St. John's, Newfoundland, which is the furthest point in Canada. So what's cool about that hike is that it's just beside the oceans. I really love walking beside the ocean. I don't know why. It's just a combination yeah, of that. Like, <laughs> they're like the mountains and the hills and nature, and then boom, the ocean. But yeah, we were walking, and we just... We walked together and there's this trail and it was woods, woods, woods. And out of nowhere, phew, it was the ocean and then giant rocks. And we're like, whoa, this is cool. We didn't expect it. And it's one of those moments, I'm sure you've experienced this as well, where you're walking through a trail and then you see something you were not expecting. It just makes it so much more wonderful. Like a chicken. <laughs> like, like a chicken. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If I see a chicken, I will definitely tell you first. I'm like, yo, I think I saw the same chicken as you. It's traveling. It's following us. It's listening it's to this be podcast. The same one. <laughs> Did you name the chicken? No, I, I might have. It might be on my. I put a picture of him on my Instagram. I might have named him. I name everything. <laughs> but yeah, I love hiking. It's my wife's and I's favorite hobby together. And once my son is able to walk a lot more, I really want to go back to those places and walk with him. So the places where I've had an experience in, I want to see how he experiences it. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, you get come down to come down to New Hampshire. We'll do the White Mountains. I'm so down for that. Once everything opens <laughs> up and then oh, everything sure, is good to sure. <laughs> Yeah. Everything is good <laughs> to go. So there you have it. Another body with a hobby. Thank you so much, Frankie, for coming on and being my first guest in over a year. It's been a wonderful <laughs> <Welcome> experience. <back. laughs> thank you. Thank you. Once again, people are thinking, Alex, you were here last week. There's you sound more excited now, but well, actually, I was excited in every episode. Never mind. I've just been always <laughs> excited. I'm a little rusty. I'm chattering too much. Anyways, if you guys would like to learn more about Frankie, go check him out on Instagram. Reach out to him. He's very friendly and would love to connect with you. If you'd like to be on my podcast or have any questions at all, you can send me an email at timeforyourhobby at gmail.com. And of course, if you want to show support, leave a review. Or if you want to show some more support, I have a Patreon. You can join that and show me some support. It's not necessary, but it's there. But you do do have to show Frankie some love because he's a gentle soul, awesome dude. And I just have to say thank you, Frankie, so much. Yeah, thank you, Alex. This is awesome. So until the next episode, make some time for your hobby. Take care. <laughs> <laughs>